Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 111. Following a massive win in Dublin, England take on France in Le Crunch at Twickenham in their bid to win a third Six Nations Grand Slam. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, it is crunch time. It's Le Crunch time. Um, although I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But before I do that, welcome, of course, to Mr. Dan Wood. How are you, sir? I am so good. Game day. Game I got 40... day. Game day is huge. I got 14 hours sleep last night. I watched the uh, Wales match. Well, I watched both matches. But after the Wales match, if there's a better sleeping pill than watching the Welsh play rugby, I haven't come across. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was a pretty snoozy affair, wasn't it? It was, um, yeah, it, I, I think in the, <laughs> the, the game kicked off. They, they obviously got that penalty in the first, like, 30 seconds or something. And then I, I was kind of on Twitter and I was doing things. And I realised that for about 20 minutes, I was just kind of doing other stuff. And I looked back up and it looked like nothing had changed. It, I, I just, it was as if I'd pressed pause. Uh, but the clock had moved on 20 minutes. It was, yeah, it was a boring one. Um, I, you look... I tweeted a, a, a kind of a, a thing saying, you know, is Warren Gatman taking the piss out of Italy? And, you know, how good would it be if Italy could turn them over as a result? <sighs> I've got mixed feelings on it. Like, I, I get what he's saying. He, you know, he's, they're building for a World Cup. And in a World Cup, you have to have the ability to utilise a, a full squad. But I feel like... Yeah. I feel, but, And so I kind of get it. Um, but I feel like in a World Cup, you don't just... you know. There's, there's, there aren't that many games that you can say, well, this is a dead rubber. We can just play our second team. Usually, there's one in your group stages. That's not what's yeah. meant by using your, utilizing your entire squad. So I feel like doing the mass change, 10, 10 people, isn't actually a particularly good reflection of what you'll need to do during a World Cup. Better to say, look, we're actually going to change two or three key people in in big games because we've got the strength and depth to to work around it. Now, whether that's forced, like in the case of England with Mauro Toje or or not, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's a bit disrespectful and to, to just go and completely change your team. And, you know, look what happened. Well, I, I, I want to be a bit careful as well, because I suspect England will probably make quite a few changes for the Italy match. And there is the counter-argument that with England coming up, albeit with rest week, they want their players as fit as possible, but I don't think I'm they will make a lot of changes. I think there'll be some. I don't think he's going to do a whole like sweeping. Let's play a second team though. Particularly, you know, if no, we, if we if we win this and then go on to win against Wales, you know, obviously we've still got Scotland to do in, in the final weekend. But I think he's going to want to just go all out. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, and that's kind of why yeah. I'm a bit torn <laughs> because you're right. Yeah, we, we might end up doing it too, but. It's a tough one. Another thing for me, the, the way attacks and defences are these days, they're, they're so well organised, they're so drilled that I think it's a lot harder to make changes these days. I think it's a lot harder for people to slot in because although people can train it and you can do it on the training pitch, when you actually playing the match with those sort of attacks and defence, you lose something when you're not having the people play together. I think there's something huge to be said for continuity but then equally, with the amount, with how physical the game is these days, with how much sort of punishment the body takes, sometimes that can't be helped. But yeah, I, I, I think just, there's a balance. I don't, Lee yeah. Wales didn't get balance. I think the key, though, is, is you're looking for uh, a squad that, that, can, that can change throughout a, a competition. You're not looking for two teams. It's not like, you know, the Lions have got their test team and their week, their midweek team. Or, yeah. you know, you, I, th I feel like for a World Cup, you're saying, look, actually, it's a squad of 36 or whatever or whatever the, the number is. And, you know, you, you want to be able to say, if we have to take Marotoji out, we've got cover that we're quite happy with. If we have to take Owen Farron out, we don't want to. But if we have to, we've got someone who can slot in there without it disrupting the whole game. You know, we've got options on the wings. We've got options at fullback. You know, rather than saying today we've got a, a team that we think is not as good, therefore we're going to play our second string side. I don't think that's the way to to manage a World Cup squad. Personally, um, I'm not. Coach, and I, so I could be completely wrong. And Warren Gatlin has has a, a record. Of... 
Mate, I, I back your coaching over Warren's any yeah, day. Of course, of course. Um, We're the next I mean, Lions coaches, right? Coach, yeah, well, exactly. We're the next Lions coaches. So on the Maro Toje point, how big a loss do you think not having Maro is? Well, look, first and foremost, it's always going to be a huge loss. You know, he's a world-class player um, and he would probably walk into any any team in the world. Um, but I think England are in a very fortunate position. And we did, a, we did you know, we covered it when we did our awesome foursome um, slot a few months back where we have the quality to replace him. You know, it may not be our first choice, but I don't think it massively... Uh, reduces the the impact that Eng- that England can have, and I think that Courtney Laws is going to come in and do a job. And I, I, yeah, it doesn't. I guess the, it doesn't. Knowing that he's that he's in recovery and that he will be back, I'm less concerned. So that that's. Do, do you know what I? I'm on exactly the same page as you. I think any other team in the world, pretty much, that would be such a huge loss. But because we've got such good strength and depth there, it's actually not that huge a loss because you're replacing Marrow for Courtney Laws with Joe Launsbury on the bench. It's like, <laughs> yeah, cool. Like, you know, that's exactly. another world-class player. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's a loss for sure, but England can deal with it. Um, and I think just knowing that, I mean, Eddie Jones said, I think, I think they said that um, it was medial ligament damage and it would be at least two weeks, if not more. <laughs> and Eddie Jones said, he's nearly there. Like even even for this, in terms, of, I guess you know they obviously have the the very fitness tests that they run, and it spits out a score, and either you're fit enough or you're not fit enough. By all accounts, he, he even now, one week less less than a week later, or one week later, he's he's kind of almost fit enough to play. So he's clearly. I wonder how much of that is Eddie. Yeah, well, maybe it is, but you know, it doesn't really matter because after this, there's a week off, and then it's Wales. So, but it sounds to me like he'll definitely be fit for Wales if that is the case. Um, so, oh, you know, oh, I, I think, yeah, I, I think he can be, but if he's not, I don't think it's the end of the world. No. I, I think that with uh, with Courtney Laws and Joe Launchbury, the fact that jo- uh, and I think the fact that Joe Launchbury wasn't involved last week. The fact that we can do that and it's not ridiculous shows just how good we are in the, in the row. <laughs> we are, exactly. The awesome foursome. Uh, guys, if you haven't listened to that episode, go and find it and uh, see what we see what it is we have to say. I actually can't remember what we said, but it was obviously some, lots of really good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all been recorded for your listening pleasure. Um, right, look, before we get really into this episode, uh, there's been another review. And as always, we like to read these out. Um, it's, it's a four-star review, so clearly room for improvement, but that's okay. Uh, it's from Jules yep. Clayton. He says, two England fans wearing rose-tinted spectacles talk England rugby from a fan's point of view. One is calm and measured, the other one loud and excitable. Good to hear Zippy has found something new since the rainbow gig ended. Makes for, <laughs> makes for an interesting contrast to all the ex-pro professional pundits Although that means that it can sometimes lack the insight of former professionals. It makes up for this with enthusiasm and he's written ebullience. I don't know if that's a word. I don't know if that's a typo or if I'm just not smart enough to know that word. But ebullience. Uh, worth oh, a sorry, listen. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we can't. Sorry, carry on, carry on. Worth a listen just to get a feel for what the average fan's thinking and getting another view on things. So a couple of things. Firstly, I think that's actually a, a very fair review. I think that's pretty much spot on. I mean, who's um, talking about? I, which one's calm and, uh, and measured and which one's excitable? Well, I've, I've, I'd imagine I'm probably the calm and measured yeah, one. Yeah, that's probably what most people are thinking. And, and, and you're the excitable zippy one. Yeah, 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 definitely. So that, that's what I'd imagine. Um, so a, a, a couple of things. Did, did he maybe mean exuberant? I, well, I, I wonder if that's what he meant, but or, or rather what that's what he, he typed and uh, or spell check or not spell check, you know, um, corrective, also correct, yeah. changed it to ebullience. Well, I'm not even sure what ebullience means if it's I, in fact a word. I hope he meant exuberance because I have no idea what exuberance meant. And and actually, if it's ebullience and it sounds like this guy will be able to use his words a lot better than we can, so uh, so, so let's not take it on. But actually, do you know what? I've, I think that's a smart review. I think, I think that's well, really I think the key thing there is he gets it. Yeah, exactly. This, yeah, that's he, what, what he has described is exactly what we're trying to do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we and appreciate the... Uh... Yeah, he says we sometimes lack the insights of the professionals. 
Sometimes. <laughs> Pretty much always. I mean, if, if, if it ever seems like we have the insight of the professionals, we got lucky. Mm. Completely, completely. So sometimes, thank you very much, sir. But, but thanks a lot for that review. That's really cool. Um, and as always, we massively appreciate the reviews. Indeed, indeed. Now, I mentioned at the beginning that this is a Le Crunch. Isn't, uh, shouldn't that be the, the name when playing in Paris? I mean, this is at Twickenham. So I've decided to officially change the name. Okay, are you ready for it? Nice. Go on. The Crunch. Well, oh, my God. How do you come up with that? Well, you know, it, it took a while. I was thinking about lots of different different things. And I just thought that really, I, I think that, that does the job. So, yeah, officially, you heard it here first, guys. Um, maybe, it, maybe you could. Maybe when, you could. Uh... Use your ebullience to. Uh, <laughs> I, I might do. I might do. So, so yeah, you heard it here first, guys. From now on, when playing at Twickenham, it is no longer Le Crunch. It is the Crunch. Um, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, talk to me, Dan. So, in, in, what what is England's biggest threat today? Like, what's the? Uh, no, you can't ask me that because you've already told me the answer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so you tell me that biggest because otherwise I'm just repeating what you said to me. This is true. Well, let, let's be honest. The way that France have been playing, looking back at uh, the game against Wales last week and looking at England's performance against Ireland, I mean, complacency has to be the biggest uh, sort of risk factor for England, doesn't it? Um, you know, that kind of burden of expectation. Um, England yes. put in such a yes. strong performance in Dublin. I don't think there's anybody... I don't think there's anyone anywhere that doesn't expect England to win and convincingly today. Um, and often that's the big, the big kind of trip up, isn't it? Is is when when expectations so high and you know do, and, and the players becoming complacent. Now I'm, that's not me saying I think that England will do that. I, I feel like they're pretty well drilled, um, and often it's us and the media and and you know the, the, the fans who who are the ones that get complacent, but. Um, it just doesn't feel like France know what they're doing um, in terms of their game plans and their strategy. And, they, you know, the, the, the changes that they've made this week. You know, I look at the, the France performance last weekend and that first half, they were good. I mean, they threw it away. Yeah. Um, but I thought they were looking pretty strong in that first half. And they've torn that up and thrown it out the window. Gone, no, we've got to make loads of changes. It didn't work. Well, I'd be inclined to say, well, actually, it did work. Why don't you look at why you weren't able to keep it going? And actually, I'd, yeah. I'd probably say that in the second half, uh, a, a couple of silly errors really cost them the game. So, so, I, so that's a hundred percent. That's what cost them the game. Yeah, completely. But that to me isn't isn't well. A couple of silly errors. We're going to have to completely change this team. Now, I know that different sides, you know, play differently, and so it, it, they might argue that it's a tactical change. Bastro in the middle. Uh, it might be about shoring up a defence or just bringing in a bit of bulk in the middle to counter Manu. Um, but, yeah, I just it, it feels to me like it's sort of a, 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 an overreaction to a couple of silly mistakes. Um, well, it feels like they're making the changes reactively based upon England rather than picking a team based upon how they want to play. Yeah, which, which, is, which is both a, a blessing... And a curse, I think, because France are notoriously unpredictable. Um, I think even to themselves, uh, you oh, know, the, the, the old, the old, you don't know which France is going to turn up. It's a bit of a cliche these days, but it's, it's <laughs> but it is true. I, I, I was going to say we have to go through this episode without saying something like you then never know which France, or you can't. But you know, That's, I didn't say it. Okay, it's, it's too late. <laughs> but good for mentioning that now. Yes, yeah, no, no, it's good It's good of me to come in after the fact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would be, I would be very, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know the word, I, I'd, I'd be, uh, I'd be upset if we lost to France. I think we're a better team. France, weirdly, like, I, I think it was the last World Cup where their under-20s beat England in the final and their under-20s looked brilliant and they had some great players and France always have brilliant players. But, they don't. They just don't seem to have the systems in place, and I don't understand it because France could be such an incredible team, and surely they've learned by now that if they just put together something, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you lose a bit of who they are if you do that. But 
I just think they could compete on a high level, especially with the young talent they've got coming through. Watching that under-20 team when they won the World Cup, my God, they had some great players. Yeah, I mean, our um, under-20s did did take them apart yesterday. Did they? Yeah, 30, yeah I can't remember exactly, 33, well, I say take them apart, but well, they did. They, they, uh, England had a four-try bonus point by half-time. But I meant, I meant, no, so that I meant the under twenties that won the World Cup should yeah, now yeah. have the ones coming through, like the likes of Internet. Yeah. Um, but we've I but think, we've seen this a lot. You know, we've you've, you see, yeah. You know, it, it, it weirdly, you know, the under twenties don't translate into the senior team. You know, one or two players become potentially world class. Maratoje, a great example. Um, you know, in recent times. Um, but yeah, it doesn't always translate. You, you often think that, don't you? You go, well, these guys, they're just going to be the next generation and they're going to be unstoppable. And then for some reason, it just doesn't quite translate. Um, I'm not quite sure why. Um, but but you're right. It, something clearly isn't in place for for none of that to translate. But I, I don't know. I feel like it's... I feel like France are just a bit... They don't really know... They've got the talent on paper, right? But for some reason, it doesn't come together as a, when they, when they put their teams out. I mean... You know, um, Sebastian, is it Vahamina? Vah- Vah- I can't even say his name. I can't speak properly. Vahamahina. Vahamahina. Uh, he didn't even know that he was captain. I, I, I until, heard that. I, <laughs> until late last week. You know, or sorry, as as early as late last week. He still didn't. He, I think he found out during an interview when, when the interviewer no, asked it, him about it. And he was like, really? <laughs> so, so I heard this. I think it was on uh, James Haskell's podcast where, or, or one of the podcasts uh, where... They, they were talking, and at the end, the ref said to him, and he said, well, ask the captain, and the ref was like, you're the captain. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> which is, that? I mean, international rugby, that's unforgivable. But, but I mean... But there's clearly a lack, not- complete lack of communication. Like, how are you supposed to communicate your game plan and your and your your tactics and, and you know, as a team? Because as we've seen, you know, you, you have to be able to do this as a as an entire unit. The captain doesn't even know he's the captain. How's the team supposed to kind of play a game plan together as one, as 15 guys, as 23 guys? It's, it's bizarre. Yeah, and it's, and it's, so it's, it feels like it's relying on individual moments of brilliance to turn a game potentially against the head. Um, I, I, and, and that is what they do heavily rely on. So, but a couple of things. Firstly, France can beat us. They do have the players to beat us. I think we win eight out of ten. Nine, nine out of ten. Eight, eight or nine, yeah, nine out of ten. I'll take that. But they do have the players to beat us. Whereas I'd say Italy probably don't. Mm-hmm. But the the other point, which has uh, completely uh, dropped dropped from my head now, so well, <laughs> I'll leave think- it. But- while you're thinking about it. And 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 with this all in mind, I mean, I had a quick look back at the the stats, the kind of record. I mean, France have one out have won one out of ten at Twickenham in the last fourteen years. Sorry, and that was fourteen years ago, rather. So so, you know, fourteen years ago they beat us at Twickenham. They haven't done it since. That that's that's not a great record. But what we've also got to remember, I remember my point. France beat us last year. Yeah, they did. The last time we played France, France won. So, yeah, you know, it's all very well us sitting here. At the moment, our last outing, France beat us. So we need to go and we need to win this match. And it's all, you know, saying, oh, France could beat us. They did last time out. So, you know, let's make sure that does not repeat itself. They did. Although the last time that they played an international game of rugby, they blew a 16-point lead at half time. Um giving Wales the biggest comeback in five Six Nations history. So that doesn't particularly bode well for them either. But you're right. Um, I mean, the last sort of two meetings, I mean, as you say, the last meeting was in Paris. We lost 22-16. The previous two, we won. Um, but neither game, we, we didn't win either of those games by more than 10 points. Um, and it, that leads me on to predictions because... You know, with what I was saying about ball in play time and them slowing things down and that kind of directly counteracting what England want to do with the the record the record showing, you know, yes, we lost our last game to them and typically we don't win by large margins. How's that going to impact your prediction for today? 
Uh, I, I'm basing my prediction on recent times. So do, do you want my prediction I now? Do. I do. Uh, oh, so I'm going to pick up from last week and say England by 12. Interesting. I'm going to say England by 20 and a bonus point. Holy crap. I, I think we'll get a bonus point. I, I actually really do. Um, but I think England, I think England will win. I will be amazed if we don't win. I will be worried if we don't win. Uh, unless France produce something outrageous, but that's um, that's the thing. It's 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 wild card, isn't it? I think I think England win. I think they get a bonus point, and I think the only way that that the margin isn't huge is if France do something spectacular. I mean, given what the defence was like in Dublin, and I and I don't expect it to be any different today, particularly at HQ. Um, I just don't see France scoring lots of points. I could rue saying that, but. I, I just, yeah, I think England by by twenty or more and and a bonus point. So it's a big call. If uh, that is a big call, if John Mitchell's defence is as good as it looked last week, then France are in real trouble. True. Let's turn. Well, I want to just quickly go back to. I mean, well, yeah, complacency, discipline, burden of expectation, all that kind of stuff that we've talked about before, uh, and lots of people saying, "Oh, yeah, but England needs to be really careful." that they don't slip up and get complacent. Um, we, we obviously have been down this road before. You know, we won 18 out of 18. And from about 12 onwards, it was, you know, this, this, these were the words floating about for every game we played. Um, so this is not a new experience for these guys, for, for most of these guys. Um, so I think there's that, uh, you know, let, let's not forget that they've been, they've been in this position plenty of times before and, and not got complacent. So I don't think I'm not too concerned about that. I don't think they're going to get complacent. Uh, I do think that the discipline is is a big one. Uh, I think we need to, you know, maintain that. Um, but I, I, it feels like they know that now. Um, it feels well, not they know it. They've obviously always known it, but it feels like something has clicked following last weekend. Yeah, I mean, if it felt like that. Actually, it felt like that since that last test in South Africa in the summer. Yeah. Um. Which was when suddenly we realised actually, if we give away less penalties, that's <laughs> we give away less points. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, Especially with that defence, because you know you can't really defend against what you can't defend against penalty kicks, but you can defend against you know try scoring opportunities. Um, so if you if you can maintain your discipline uh, and put in that outrageous defence that they did last weekend, um, you're gonna you're gonna keep the scoreboard from ticking over, which is key. Um. Next up, then, I want to talk about uh, the the other change, the other big change in this game, and that is obviously Chris Ashton gets his first start in the Six Nations since 2013. But I think more importantly than that is that Jack Knoll, who had an absolute stormer against Ireland, finds himself on the bench. Now, we touched on this um, midweek um, and probably at the end of the game. No, we didn't know at the end of the game. We touched on it midweek. Uh, how, how's Jack Knoll feeling? about this so I, I i don't think for a second it's he's been dropped no. i think so there's a couple of things where uh, a couple of points with that i think eddie like eddie has said we've got a sneak suspicion ashton might um sneak us something early great but more importantly eddie said france notoriously and recently the last 20 minutes they fall off the radar and i think to eddie's thinking Who's our man then? That's Jack Knoll. So I'm going to play him like that. So I'm sure that's been positioned. This is my guess as to why it's happened. If that's the case, I'm sure it's been positioned to Jack Knoll. Like, Jack, we're not starting you because we need you last 20 to absolutely rip them apart. Yeah. So, so I don't think I don't think there'll be any problems. And as you mentioned, actually, when, when you and I were chatting in the week, Eddie does love the fact Chris Ashton played in France, the fact that Chris yeah. Ashton absolutely bossed it in France. I think that's something that Eddie quite likes, almost for a sort of psychological... A little psychological edge. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get, you know, if you get get this guy playing um, you know, against these people who he bossed uh, for two years um, and, and see if that just gives him something extra. Was it one year? Was it, one, was it only a year? I think so. Oh, for a year then. Um but uh, one. I mean, good, good to to just you know strengthen um, the point of the guy that reviewed us and said that we don't know what we're talking about. 
Smooth. I just want to back him up. He seems like a lovely guy. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think there's, I think there's an element of that. It, also, interestingly, if you recall against uh, Dublin, very early on, um, it's it, Dublin by, oh. against Dublin, yeah, no, against Ireland at in Dublin, uh, very early on oh. in the game. By which I mean, I think about thirty seconds in, England had a line out that they threw to Manu. <laughs> Remember? I, I I remember it very well. Sir. Right, when he says he's got a sneaking suspicion that Chris Ashton might score early on, do you think they've got some special play lined up for the very beginning of the game? I think they almost definitely do. That Chris Ashton is is intended to be on the end of. Yeah, I I, I would have thought so. Um, if if they can do something, some sort of clearly planned, elaborate play that results in a try scored by Chris Ashton in the first five minutes of the game. That will be outrageous to have basically said this is what we're going to do. Um, it's sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you were still talking. Um, yeah, it will be outrageous, but I suspect. And Eddie is as much as as much as Eddie's had his criticism over the last month. He knows his shit, man. Like Eddie knows what he's doing. I reckon they've really identified a repetitive weakness in the French and they've built a move based on that at which Ashton will be at the end. So, yes, outrageous. I I, I, I kind of get what you mean, but I think there is something that they're just very confident they're going to be able to pull off based upon stats, analysis, all that side. And do you know what? I'll be surprised if Ashton doesn't score in the first 10 minutes. It'll be, yeah, I mean, it'll be awesome. It'll be awesome if he does pre-planned it just it'll just show just unbelievable preparation and execution of of tactics um and it'll be very inter- interesting to see you know what if anything France can do to try and prevent it but um final the final thing I want to just talk about uh before we head in and look, look, watch the first half and this is something I've not really seen anything about in the media but I think it's quite a key thing this game for England, uh, and I know that we'd like to talk about how you know you you only ever concentrate on the game in, you know in front of you, and it's not about looking at the future. But we know that's not the case. You know, Eddie Jones is all about looking for to, towards the future. This podcast is all about looking towards the future. It's about the World Cup. This game is not just about keeping the Six Nations title and the Grand Slam alive. You know, whilst that is you know, the primary purpose. This is also, I think, about sending a psychological message to France, who are in our group in the World Cup, that says, you know, give up now. You know, don't bank so, on don't bank bank on beating us in the World Cup. Um, you know, you, you you need to concentrate on your other games. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to reference 2003, and those who mention that reference 2003 a lot, damn right I do. That was that was amazing. Um, we played South Africa at Twickenham um, in I, I'm probably the Autumn Internationals before the World Cup or whenever it was, and we beat them by like 40-odd points or whatever. And South Africa said, this isn't the World Cup. But they must have gone into that because they were in our groups in that World Cup, obviously. Yeah. And although the match was a hell of a lot closer, South Africa must have gone into that match thinking, how the hell are we going to beat these guys? Yeah. Now, I think that I think you're spot on with what you say. I think that could be exactly right today. If France, if we beat France and we beat them comfortably or or even vice versa, um, you, you're going to go into that World Cup match thinking, how do we beat these guys? You know, last time it was, a com- it was comfortable for them. So I think that's a big thing. If we can do a real good job on them today, that is, I think that's a massive, massive psychological boost for the World Cup. Definitely. I think that you don't win a World Cup by by working out how to not let the opposition beat you. That sounds like yeah, a weird thing to say, because of course you do if you can do that in every game. But <laughs> you, you have to have, you have to have, like, how do we want to play? How do we want to force the opposition to have to defend us? Um, and I think for that reason alone, if you go into a World Cup knowing that the team that you're about to play destroyed you the last time you met, how do you not simply think about how to not let them do that again? Yeah, no, I mate, completely. So, so, so yeah, I think this is a massive game think, for that for that reason as well. 
I, I think that is from a fan's perspective, probably from a, I don't think. I think it probably is from the coaching. I think it probably is from them as well. I don't, I don't think they're going to come out and say it to the media, but I think no, in, internally, this is, this is, they'll be talking about this. I think they'll be saying, guys, you know, listen, you know, we want to win this game for sure. We want to win the Six Nations, but ultimately this is all about the World Cup and, you know, this is your opportunity to send a message. I think that would be quite a good yeah. way to psych them up, don't you? I, I, I think it will be a good way to psych them up. I think, but I hope this England team now, and, and I believe this, I think this England team now are probably a bit beyond the sort of, like we were saying about complacency. I hope they're at a point where they're beyond that. I hope they're at a point where they need that extra, that extra motivation might add 0.1 of a percent. But I think they're, and I hope they're well prepared enough. They're good enough players. Actually, I don't hope. I, I truly believe this. But they're good enough. They're well prepared enough that actually that stuff is background noise and they're going to win because they're the better team. Yeah. I think that is a very good point and probably an excellent point to say that um, we should now probably start <laughs> oh, it, it starts and start soon this is uh, i love watching england play rugby it's a sunday it's what this I'm is all about it's what it's why we started yeah. this podcast in the first place uh, you know those of you that maybe didn't go all the way back to the very beginning don't know but the, the only reason we're doing this is because we used to have these conversations anyway pretty much exactly as they are on on these episodes just over the phone and we just decided one day you know what let's let's put these out there and see if anyone else has any interest in hearing what it is that we that we chat about uh, on game days and obviously we now do a bit more with the midweek episodes and when England aren't playing but it's always been about the games it's always been about game days it's one of the reasons why the game the live ish episodes you know whether it's to you know to everybody's cup of tea or not it, it's the ones that always do the best for us you know more of you listen to those more of you react to those um, than anything else um, and we just love doing them um, oh god yeah, but uh, but guys, check uh, if if you're not already following us on Twitter, please do. We always got loads of stuff out on Twitter during the matches. Um, we've had some good tweets recently that have uh, had lots of attention, both positive and negative. I need you guys there to support me when the Welsh start hammering me for saying things that they don't agree with. Um, but uh, but yeah, f- thanks so much for joining us as always. Um, thanks for joining us again today for the crunch. Just quickly before we go, sorry, but just to say. I've just done a quick check. England, France, the, the Red Roses, the ladies are winning 12 nil at half time. Well done, well done, ladies. You're awesome. We support you. We'll, of course, update uh, at half time how that ended. Um, but, guys, yeah, we'll, leave, we'll leave, it, leave you now with these anthems and we will join you, or you can join us um, at half time as we uh, analyse how England are getting on and see how close they are to that 20 point lead. Under the circumstances, what a half of rugby, uh, Dan. Put this in words. So I'm going to take off my rose-tinted glasses for a minute. England are awesome, <laughs> and Johnny May's the best winger in the world. <laughs> uh, it's it's un- with everything we t- discussed before the first half. Uh, you know the things that England needs to watch out for: complacency, discipline, all this sort of stuff. They've just come out and and. You know, lots of uh, the media, the punditry, they're all saying, you know, England got to be so careful. You know, they had a great game last weekend, but, you know, they had nothing to lose. They were the underdogs and now they've come up against, you know, they're going to come up against supposedly a really strong French side. and They've just gone out and they're just doing the well, same I'm thing, not, and more of the same. I, just, I, I'm not sure strong French side. but well, uh... then, as it turns out, they're not. But but there was talk that, that France weren't going to, you know, you know, Sir Johnny was saying before the game. You know, he expected to see a strong French team uh, in terms of their performance. Sir Johnny can say whatever he wants. 
but he, uh, he but was mate. wrong. And and there may be a new Sir Johnny to take his place. <laughs> well, easy, there'll, easy. Ne- there'll never be one to to, to take his place, of course. <laughs> there'll never be one, mate. That was amazing. That was awesome. So we're going to start. So obviously we've sort of messaged in match, and, and and in fairness, Coop sort of sent a message saying about the forward side, but it started with that hit from Billy. And then there was a point in the match where I was just like, we're not going to lose this. Cruz took a ball at about 100 miles an hour. Our forwards want this. They are just so aggressive and going for it. And and then the backs are just delivering. The backs are just finishing. The kick-throughs have been brilliant. Johnny yeah. May hat-trick in 30 minutes. It's That's unreal. insane. Well, for, first up, he's he's... He's done something pretty special in Dublin with a with a try in in ninety three seconds or something. He scored it in about sixty seconds or sixty three seconds this time round. Um, you know, if you if you needed to come out and as Eddie Jones kept saying, we can improve, um, despite how good they were in Dublin. If you needed to come out and, and sort of set down a marker, <laughs> that's one way to do it. I mean, it was unreal. What a start! Uh, and as you say, yeah, a hat trick in thirty minutes is is unheard of. <laughs> A bonus point. We've already got well, Wales eighty minutes against Italy. Nine. <laughs> us, us within sort of less than forty minutes against France. And so, being serious, I'm like, of course, there's my Johnny May has to be the best winger in the world at the moment. No one is playing better than him. Well, I, think I know. Most importantly, no one's not selecting him if he's available to them. And um, yeah, yeah, he he's just unreal. Like. He's chasing through. And I know a lot of them are because of brilliant kicks through. He still has to finish it. He still has to make the run. He he will chase anything all day long. He's, uh, he's like a Labrador. Believe, it was, uh, I think it was Tyndall or James Hassel or something on their podcast described him as like Forrest Gump. He'll just run until he starts to stop. And <laughs> do you know what? I'll take that every day of the week Absolutely. because the guy is immense. <laughs> It's it's just been a phenomenal start, um, and it's and I think most most excited. Well, two things. So we 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 talked before the half about um, you know England needing to not slip up, you know, needing to to make sure that they built on last week. Well, they're clearly doing that. They've clearly done that in training. You know, that there's no there's no letting up, um, which is awesome to see. And then we discussed just at the end of the first part of this uh, episode the importance of putting down a marker with a view to the World Cup. I mean, if this isn't sending a message to say, <laughs> concentrate on everyone else in the group because you can chalk this one down to a loss right now, um, I'm not quite sure what is. Because, I mean, we'll see what happens in the second half, of course. But, you know, the assumption is that France are going to get worse <laughs> in, in the second well, half, certainly in the last 20. I mean, if England, I- if, if it goes like that, if England open up in the... I mean, this could be... A a, it's probably yeah, it's probably already threatening a record win, but you know this could be embarrassing. I I don't I don't think France will I don't think will win the next half by um by another and and actually we're saying about that first tackle in fairness that was mainly Mako I've just seen the replay it was um, wasn't it a double Ma- Mako and Wilson it, it, it was a double Ma- I think Ma- Mako sort of stopped it mainly it's. I must admit, I don't think that's because of the nature of the game. If you're winning by that much, you don't, um, you, you can't keep that level of intensity because one, it takes a lot out of you. Two, you don't need to. There'll be changes. I don't necessarily, I think we'll win the second half. I don't necessarily think we'll win by 22 points. It doesn't matter. We've done the hard work. I personally can't see a scenario where France will win, but. I mean, I they, think they, Eddie wants us to. I mean, they, they have it, if they if they manage to do it, then having uh, conceded a, a five Six Nations record in terms of comebacks, they would then set a new one. Uh, it's it's not going to happen, is it? Let's be honest. Um, if sixteen was a new record last weekend, and it's now eight uh, twenty two. Oh, it's it, I it's, mean, it, it's, it's just it's England, not England look too much in control of this game, and you know you talked about the forwards, and you're absolutely right; they've been outstanding as they were last weekend. But I think what's what's most clear watching England play uh, in this Six Nations to date is you know, they are they're playing as a fifteen, you know, right across the board. Everyone is kind of tuned in to what everyone else is doing, and they they have a game, they have a complete 
team-wide, you know, squad-wide game plan, uh, and it's brilliant to watch. It's it's so good to watch, and it's just every part. But France, France, to me, look a lot more disorganised than they should be. So I think I think France are making it easier for England than it should be. But I don't think it matters when England play like this. We're the best team in the world. I stand by that. Yeah. There are massive those tinted glasses on, but well, this, there's, a, there's a reason why we believe they're going to win the World Cup. Um, or as I mentioned a few weeks ago, uh, you know they are going to win the World Cup because they're unbeaten until after the World Cup final. So this is just uh, <laughs> evidence of it. And I believe it, before this we talked predictions, and I think I said England by twenty or more. Uh, it's definitely looking uh, looking good for that at the moment. You said England by twenty, but twenty or more, I'll give you because. Well, I mean, maybe, I... maybe you should listen back. <laughs> I, will, I will listen back. I won't. I won't, uh, my friend. Every, everyone else has, has, has literally just heard me, maybe six minutes ago, say twenty or more. So there you, there you have it. <laughs> I will listen back. This, this is this is brilliant. This is when I said um, Wales watching Wales play is like a sleeping pill. Watching England play like this is like an aphrodisiac, which is. Pretty weird, but it's, <laughs> it's very weird. I mean, I thought you were going to say like being on speed or something, but uh, an aphrodisiac, okay. I, I um, wouldn't know, mate. I wouldn't know, but I'll tell you words for it. But feel sorry, feel sorry for your missus. Feel sorry for your missus. <laughs> well, well, Dan, are you in the mood? Yeah, let me just put on the game. <laughs> that 2003 World Cup, you know, I'm in for a good night, love. Uh, let's, um, I mean, look, let's talk about the second half. Um, what do Obviously, we as fans just want to see more tries. Of course, we do. Um, uh, obviously, what, they what need to win do? the game. What, what's the key? How do how do they how do they ensure that they keep? Because I think what's important here is that they need to treat it as they need to go into the second half and and treat it like nil nil. I think because, so, because so, so yes, they don't yes have to, no. but I think they, that's what they should do. I also think I so I heard I, I don't know the situation. I don't know if it was just a stinger, but I, I think maybe. Actually, now's the time. Let's get, let's rest someone like, let's rest the likes of Farrell. Let's maybe get Farrell off. Um, if because they said he wasn't looking great, like what, why risk it? I, th- I think give give our bench a chance. Give. Um, I guess what you got to be a bit careful of is that you don't make loads of changes and then an injury happens and you're stuffed. Yeah, so you, I mean, you, I, I don't mean, think he wants to be making half-time changes, but maybe maybe give them sort of 30, 30 minutes rather than twenty minutes at the end. Yeah, let's give it another ten minutes. If you, you know, if France haven't somehow started to put back or look like they're going to put back a miraculous comeback, let's then make some bring changes. Bring on that. Yeah, make make a lot of changes. Rest some of our boys who have gone out there. I haven't seen this intensity for for years. For at least seven team. seven days or so, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> almost last week. But yeah. Eddie said England are going to be better against France. I said to you midweek, like, of course he's going to say that, but that's not real. They are being yeah, better. Yeah, they've they've lifted they've lifted up what's going. And Wales must be watching this, just thinking, what do we do? Because, you know, they, they're they, thinking, oh uh, boy. After, after Italy, they could argue, well, we played a, a second team. You know, we'll be back to full strength soon. But they played France, and they, you know, narrowly and luckily managed to squeeze out a win. Um. They must be watching this and just thinking, "What? What do we do?" <laughs> you know, you, you kind of almost just—they almost need to just kind of cross their fingers and hope, don't they? I, I think the beauty of the Six Nations is the nature of the passion and and things like that. So, so, so Wales at home will bring everything they've got. If England played like this, I can't see. I can't see Wales being England. I, I just. I mean, to me, there's no, there's no question. If England can maintain the kind of intensity that they showed in Dublin, the kind of intensity they showed in the first half today, if they can maintain this now going forwards, the, the Grand Slam is almost a given. Because I can't see anyone beating them while they're while they're able to perform like this as a fifteen. You know, just so kind of in sync with one another. It, it's it's so good for England, isn't it? It, it is, and I want to go and see what they can do in the second half. Um, I'm looking for 30 points. That's the victory. Now, I've moved the bar down. You've moved the bar. I've moved the bar. Um, it's, it's a 30-point win. It's a 30-point win. Mate, it's, it's eight tries, and it should be two bonus points. 
I don't think it's eight tries. I think we'll get two more. I think we'll get six tries. But we've got bonus point by half time. That's insane. That's amazing. Yeah. It is a very special time right now for England rugby. And long may it continue, at least until after the World Cup final. Um, Dan, let, let's get back to it. Uh, because I think everyone is um, keen to know how this game pans out. Well, everyone already knows how it panned out. Because obviously we're not posting this till afterwards. But, you know, <laughs> they're, they're pretending they don't. Uh, and they're and they're enjoying it with us in a semi-live environment. So um, let's get on and find out what happens in the second half, uh, and let's come back afterwards and hopefully uh, celebrate a fifty-point win. Okay, so not quite a 50-point win, but over 50 points scored, 44 of them by England, six tries, one hat-trick, a three-point win and a bonus point. England looking pretty unstoppable at the moment, Dan. I don't care if I get carried away. We are awesome. So Clive Woodward said, last week we were 10 out of 10, this week 9 out of 10. I'm going to say two weeks 10 out of 10. I I thought England were brilliant. I think Elliot Daly is an absolute genius move to fall back. I think he's really got that position now, absolutely bossing it. And I am loving watching England play rugby right now. Mate, how can you not? Uh, I actually agree with Clive Woodward. I think a 9 out of 10 is still a great uh, a great performance. Uh, obviously, the result was superb and it was a really strong start. But I, despite what Eddie Jones said uh, afterwards, and we'll talk about that in a minute, um, I actually felt like they just came off the gas a little bit in the second half um, and there are plenty of good reasons for that, which we'll discuss. But for that reason, I think that's why, for me, I agree with uh, with Sir Clive that it's a 9 out of 10 performance this week. But do you know what? A 10 out of 10 followed by a 9 out of 10. As long as it's not a downward trend, uh, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> happy. Um, yeah, mate, it's awesome. It's, 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 it's a joy to watch. It, it's so awesome. And when you've got a half-time score like that, it's so hard not to come off the gas a little bit. But what we've got to remember, we nailed them in the second half. True. Like, despite everything, we nailed them in the second half. Two tries, there's changes. It's when when you make those sort of changes, it, it's not changes to impact the match, it's tactical changes for you know, resting, looking at that. So Yeah, I think I think for me it was it you know, that obviously great, great to nil them in the second half. Um I think they were fortunate. Well, no, they weren't fortunate. They scored a good try, but um, you know, England perhaps just took their eyes off the ball for a moment, and that, that's what gave the opportunity to France in the first half for that for that try. Um, I think it was more just there was a few there was a few little errors that were that, that felt a little out of place, uh, given how we've seen England perform recently, um, and and more of them in the second half than in the first. But again, I, I agree with you. I think that having a having such a, a huge uh, scoreline at half time makes it very difficult to to not do that you know Eddie Jones said you become kind of um what was the word he used you you, you kind of you get overexcited when you see that scoreline and you and you want to you, you want to sort of try to do things that you wouldn't ordinarily do because it's you know you kind of look at it and go well I've got nothing to lose um you know the, 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 these things happen so it's it doesn't concern me. That's what. That's I guess what my point is. Uh, I think you know if, if it's the World Cup and they do that, I don't. I don't care. You know, it's a knockout competition, so the win is the most important thing. And England absolutely, you know, made certain that that, that was in place by the time the halftime whistle blew. It was. We absolutely blew them away first half. Our forwards were immense. They were just so strong, so powerful. They were running. They were taking everything with such speed such physicality that I just oh mate I was um I I I am so happy about that performance. I I didn't think we could back up the island performance to that extent. I I honestly didn't see a way we were gonna lose this match because I just think we're too good. But and and say we're too good. We're not too good to beat France because France have great players, but I, I think we've the way the French rugby's going, I thought we were too strong to lose unless we really messed up, which I didn't see us doing. 
France don't know um, where they're going right now, and I honestly think there's a good chance that they lose every game, including Italy. No, I, I, I don't see that. I think they've got, I think they've got a massive performance in them. I think they had it. I think they had it, and it was the first half of the Wales game. I, I we're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to see what happens. Obviously, there's no point in us uh, trying to debate yeah. what's going to happen because we don't know. But I, I just, yeah, I, to me, it feels they, they just. There was just no direction from them, um, and I think what's what's great about England today is that despite the fact that France were terrible, and there'll be plenty of people saying, "Well, you know, France lost, England didn't win." And to be honest, if it was a different game, we'd probably be saying that ourselves. But the fact is that despite France losing, England also won. Um, now, uh, uh, someone that we know who, uh, who who's part of another well-known podcast. Uh, was saying on Twitter that he didn't think England created their opportunities. Who was that, JP? Yeah. Uh, didn't think England created their opportunities. Um, you know, it, it was more just, you know, they just kicked the ball away. The whole... he, he was saying it not in a in a bad way. Well, it was in a bad way, I guess. But um, I think... F- well, J- JB's a Welsh lad. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, I think <laughs> what what I thought was interesting about this game was that, yes, England kicked a lot into space, giving the ball away, but it was tactical. And actually what they did was they identified a French weakness, one of many, but one in particular um, that, that given the pace we've got on the outside was something that we could capitalise on. Um, and they just continually pinned them back. So if you look at the possession, you know, France had more possession. Well, yeah, of course, because England constantly put the ball back in their half in space. They're going to collect those balls and be under pressure. So they had more possession, but it was tactical and it was it was pre-intended by England. And I thought that was genius. Um, and what's interesting is that it was such a different game to Ireland in terms of the tactics that England both utilised and needed to utilise in order to dominate it, um, and it just shows that you know England have far more than one string to that to their bow. You know, they and, and Eddie said after the game, you know, we 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 know that every team is going to come at us differently. The key thing is that if we force them to deal with you know one type of attack from us, they're going to create opportunities for us to to take advantage of other areas because you can't cover everything all the time. Um, and as long as England have that pace and that and that sort of ferocity, um, they're constantly going to have teams on the back foot trying to deal with what England are doing, um, and that's going to give them that opportunity to identify those spaces and take advantage of them. Yeah, I I I just think that 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 England performance said, and if we played Ireland again, I think we win again and we win comfortably again. I I just thought England took took the game to another level. Um, I we we are and we always admit this. After these games, when we win that match, we're massively excited. We're living off adrenaline a bit. But actually, that performance by England, yes, of course, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but it was so good. It was so there were so many parts of it that were so good, so powerful, so sort of ferocious. But I just don't think. At the moment, there's another team in the Northern Hemisphere that's going to live with us. The All Blacks, possibly. But even then, I'd back us to beat the All Blacks if we play like that. Yeah. Yeah, given, given how, how close we came uh, in, in the autumn. Um, and we, weren't, we definitely weren't playing like this in the autumn. You know, we, we were playing well, but it wasn't, it wasn't this well. Um, no, yeah, nothing like this. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. So I would, say, I, I, I would say I agree with you, but, um, you know, that, that test will potentially come in a few months time uh well a bit more than a few but you know world cup um obviously wales are up next uh, but before we go on uh, and talk about any of that there were a couple of there were a couple of scores from england that were debatable uh, the first was that penalty try what were your thoughts on that so at the time when it first happened i was like that's a penalty try Watching it back, I kind of agree with the pundits. I think it was a penalty, not a penalty try. I think Ashton had slightly overrun that. I don't think it was a guaranteed try. I, I mean, I think it's a yeah, hundred percent agree with you. I, I tweeted at the time saying Ashton very lucky. Um, you know, looked looked you know prevented from scoring his first try, but was he was he ever actually going to score it? Um, and unfortunately, the French were their own worst enemies there because I think if they if he hadn't take, taken him out off the ball, I don't think I think he'd have overrun it. Um, so yeah, I think England quite fortunate there, but obviously already in control of the match at that point, so it hasn't had an impact on 
the score, and it's unlikely to play a factor. You know, we're sitting pretty at the top of the table, two points clear because of two bonus points. Um, joint with Wales, who have two wins from two with no bonus points. So that's quite a significant. Uh, that's quite a significant factor when you think that there's. You know, you, you'd like to think there's going to be a bonus point against Italy, um, and that's effectively a, a, a win, an extra win. Um, sorry, yeah. almost not quite an extra win. If, if if we beat Wales um, in a couple of weeks' time, when then, sorry, yeah, when we beat Wales in a couple of weeks' time in Cardiff, with I think that's point. with a bonus point, with a bonus point, of course, yeah, and um, then I, I think it will be it would be hard not to it'd be hard for anyone else to take the Six Nations trophy. I'm, I'm away telling from you, us. I'm telling you now, England are going to do the Grand Slam and they're going to get a bonus point from every game. Mate, I believe you. I believe yeah. you. I, tw- I said twenty points. It was thirty-eight. No, thirty-six. Yeah, that you, right? you called it. I did not think we'd win by that much. I I'd never doubted we'd win, but I did not think we could win by it that just, much. It just felt like France. You know, it's, what what they showed. They just after what happened in Wales, it just felt like they didn't have the the direction. They didn't know what they were doing. And as the pundit said afterwards, you know, the problem is is that they they have they have a plan, but they don't seem to know why they're doing it just that they are doing it and so as a result you know there were a number of times when Bastro was running a, a a kind of a line he was never planning to get the ball he was so ahead of their line that the English defense were like well you're you're in front of the ball you can't get it now <laughs> you've we, you've already shown us that you're that you're a dummy runner so we're just going to ignore you and cover the rest of the line and little things like that that are so important if you're going to have dummy runners they've got to suck defenders in and they just didn't manage to do any of that so they had little moves and things, um, but they just they just weren't executed well at all. Um, and I and I I just felt that that was always going to be the case, um, which is why I predicted a, a high scoreline. Although I didn't uh, predict quite this many points uh, until the second uh, half, I, until half time. Obviously, I'm there. I did not see us winning by that much. Uh, the second try I wanted to talk about was Johnny uh, was Owen Farrell's try, the kick through. Now, two things. One. Why is anyone still debating whether or not it came off Johnny May's hand? I mean, it literally couldn't have been clearer in the replay that it came off the French. So, so when that came, I messaged you saying, I thought that came off Johnny May's hand. And you I, replied, I replied, so have, you, have you not been watching it? <laughs> and then I watched it and then I was like, okay, yeah, that was definitely a French hand. How, how, so, when, how is Johnny Wilkinson still debating that in the post-match? I, it, um, it couldn't have been clear. I think he he obviously needs glasses and he didn't have them with him because I, I don't I don't think it could have been clear. Even after they showed the slow motion replay that clarified it came off the French hand, his response was, "Yeah, you see, you know, you needed a, a few more looks at that." No, that's not the thing for me that was up for debate. It was whether or not Johnny May held back the French defender uh, after they went to ground. Hook around. Uh, yeah, effectively, you you might argue tackling the man without the ball. I don't really know. What the rule is in that situation? You've both gone to ground, going for the ball. I don't, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I don't know. Is, is it a tackle, and he's and he's still within the time frame of being allowed to to be holding on to the man before he has to release? Or it's it's a bit a bit, bit of a weird one. I mean, it doesn't matter because Owen scored the try, and I don't, you know I certainly don't think that was as unreasonable as the. Sneaking in there, um, I think you know if if Johnny May had been the man with his hand on the ball, I think he'd have been touching it down. That's how good he um, was today. Yeah, he, he he was awesome today, and his finishing is crisp as anything. He's he's got to be the best winger in the world at the moment. But like, just what he's producing, his work rate, his just how precise he is, his position, his lack of. Um, He's not making mistakes, which is amazing. Like under the high ball, I heard. I must admit, I didn't see this, but I heard against Ireland. Apparently, he did drop one ball or didn't catch one ball. I was like, "How am I looking at that as a bad thing compared to how much he did?" But that's the sort of level he's setting for himself. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, the next man I want to talk about is Dan Robson. I I felt quite sorry for him that he only got ten minutes. I don't really understand why, particularly in a game like this, where the result is inevitable with probably half an hour to go, certainly 25 minutes to go, why you wait until the last 10 
to bring him on. Like what? What? I don't understand the value of keeping Ben Youngs on for that extra ten minutes versus the the kind of the the lost value, if you like, of of not giving Dan Robson those extra minutes um, of game time. Yeah. So, so there were a couple of times. One, one, one I loved. One, um, one I didn't. And and that's the one I didn't. I I'm with you. I, it seems. It almost seems. And I'm sure I'm wrong here. But it almost seems as if. Eddie doesn't have full trust in him. Yeah. I mean, he, um, did, he did ensure that Dan Robson got paid two and a half thousand pounds a minute, which is... Uh, well, which is I, nice. mean, I mean, on the bench, I think you get paid anyway, don't you? But... Um, Do, it, I don't know, maybe, yeah. I, I think the 23, but yeah. But no, I, I think Dan Robson, um, I, I agree. I, I think he needs more game time. I suspect he's probably one of the changes we will see against Italy because... Which, uh, which is which our number perfe- one. Yeah, which would be perfectly reasonable. I, this is my point from what we were saying before about Wales um, and Warren Gatlin's decision to make so many changes. And you know, maybe Eddie will do it and we'll have to come up with a, an answer for it. But I think one or two tactical changes to give certain players game time is fine. But I think it's so important that someone like a Dan Robson coming in is playing with an Owen Farrell to one side of him, with a Billy Vanapola to the other. So that that's the experience that he gets, because that's what you want in a World Cup. You know, you're not going to play a second team in the World Cup. You're not giving these guys experience because you want to put out a second side. You want them to be able to play with the with your your top guys. So if you have a key, a, you know, a key group, I don't want to see Dan Robson getting his chance, but he's always going to have Ford one side of him and Nathan Hughes the other, because that that's you know you, you've got him there as cover first and foremost in case something was to happen to Ben Youngs. But also, you know, if, if Ben Youngs needs to be rested for whatever reason, um, he needs to be able to step up and he needs to be able to play with, with you know, the best team that you can put out. So I think it's important that you give these guys their opportunity, but you slot them in amongst your, your you know, where predominantly they're playing amongst your best team. Not they, they get their own little team to play with, which is just a B-side. Mate, completely. I, I don't understand why, um, I don't understand why I wasn't brought on earlier, but... Equally, I'm not in any way going to look to second guess Eddie on anything right now, because that, that, but that's I, our job. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> well, yeah, we we got no complaints. That's uh, well, we have got a few. We've just talked about them, but they don't really matter. And he's he doesn't care. Uh, you know, he's he's listening to our to our more significant points and reacting to them, and we have to praise him for that, of course. <laughs> um, we have had we have had uh, as we did last week from Aaron out in uh, Southeast Asia he's managed to find time to message us again he says another outstanding performance from the boys against France the fast start setting the pace again thought Mark Wilson is an unsung hero and gets better and better also thought I, that Ben Youngs can... yeah also said, uh, thought that Ben Youngs has been great first two games and not many people singing his praises but controlling the game well I'm not sure about Luke Cowan Dickey he says not not as convinced. Uh, still think George Hartley combo. Um, either way is best for Hooker. Uh, and then he says, "Enjoy your weekend, guys." The weekend is over, but uh, it's over in spectacular style. It's over in great style. I, I half agree with him that the Hartley George, but Hartley's injured. It's kind of a mute point now. It'll be interesting to see. And again, Cowan Dickey. I don't think he's given the sort of time frames that. Um, you know, to properly prove himself. So, so I think it's hard to sort of judge him too much. But, mate, what a performance. And the other thing that we want to mention to the listeners is we were actually invited by the ESPN uh, rugby podcast to do a guest performance from a fan's perspective on Monday. And Andy's unfortunately busy, so they've had to settle for me. Dan, um, Dan the performing seal slash zippy. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so uh so guys if you want to listen i will be a guest on the espn rugby podcast on monday um i, I doubt it comes out on monday because uh recording late well, but um it's it's going to be to do with um uh, international rivalries isn't it and i think specifically between england, the england, the england wales match so um yeah it's going to be dan versus a welsh fan uh, <laughs> And and discussing international rivalries, it should be an interesting one. Uh, we don't know much more about it than that, do we? So, uh, but yeah, guys, tune in. We'll obviously keep you posted. Um, we'll let you know when it's going to go live, so you can have a listen to them. Um, and uh, who knows, maybe we maybe we can grab an interview uh, out of it uh, to have on on our show with someone. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see Let's how it pans so. out. 
but um, always good being being recognised by the, uh, the 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 rugby media world um, as being voices. <laughs> I, I believe they said something like, "We want we want someone we want we want fans with really good rugby knowledge." So why on earth they picked on us? I don't know. <laughs> they, uh, may, they must have emailed they, the wrong people. Yeah, they, they may they may rue the day, but uh, you know we're, we'll happily oblige. So um, yeah, Dan will be doing that on Monday tomorrow night. Um, so we'll let tomorrow you know, night, know. Yeah, hopefully in our midweek episode, we'll be able to let you know uh, what the crack is there and, um, and when you'll be able to hear what he had to say for himself. Uh, but yeah, another great performance. A big well, a week off now, obviously, um, which I think is probably you know needed for England. They've had two massive performances. A week off's probably come at the perfect time, um, and then obviously a huge game uh, in Cardiff. One I don't think I just, I'm not too worried about at the moment. I'm, I just think England have looked so dominant, and Wales have honestly looked average so far. Yeah, so, they'll, they'll raise the game for us, but yeah, I, they, I, they will do. But can, can they can they raise it enough over 80 minutes? No, England no being chance. So dominant. I, I just I think back to the last time England beat Wales in Wales. You know, when Eddie Jones famously said, you know, why should it make any difference going, you know, 100 miles down the M4, um, which is absolutely right. Um, and we won that day and we're better now. So, um, yeah, I just I can't I can't see them coming unstuck, but um, I'm sure Wales will will do everything they possibly can to try and be the ones to to end this little run. Um, and I have no doubt that England will do everything they can to ensure that that doesn't happen um, and keep their Six Nations Grand Slam dreams alive. Uh, but yeah, we'll 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 have more on that in in the midweek uh, episode. I think we'll try and you know we, there's probably not a huge amount more we need to do on this particular episode um, or, or this match. So the midweek is going to be all about Wales. Um, well, it's not even midweek, is it? We've got we've got a few to get in before the next match, so we'll come up with some some ideas. If you, if you, in fact, if you guys have got any ideas on some things you'd like to hear from us, um, we've obviously got at least two episodes to try and get in for you before England against Wales. Um, so yeah, Mate, get in touch, plenty. tweet us, email us um, at England Rugby Pod on Twitter and Facebook or England Rugby Pod at gmail dot com um, to to ping us an email um, and let us know what you'd like to hear. Uh, we've got a few ideas, and um, and obviously we'll let you know more about Dan's adventures um, in our, in our next episode. But uh, I think for now, it's just going to be a case of saying, you know, awesome job, boys. Um, not just the boys; the girls smashed France as well, as did the under twenties. So you know, all round, pretty good weekend for English rugby. Mate, awesome weekend, awesome result. England are awesome, and we will catch you midweek. We will do, and guys. As we always say, you know, please, we obviously really appreciate you guys listening. Um, and the best way you can uh, show us what you think of the podcast is to get onto iTunes, rate us, review us, um, let us let us know what you think. Let us know if you've got any suggestions um, and most importantly, spread the love so we can uh, get as many of you listening in um, between now and the World Cup as possible. We want to max out for the World Cup uh, so that you can all share in our in our joy as England win the World Cup in 2019. Take care.